I'm Chloe Potter, and this is Vision Vibes. This story was originally broadcast on television as part of NHK World Japan's interview series, Direct Talk. Today, we meet Jan Johnson. On the face of it, she's a hotel owner in Seattle, but really, she is a steward of so much more than just a place where people can stay. History was my favorite subject at school, and the one I chose for my university degree. For me, what it really always comes down to is empathy, feeling a connection with people in the past. I always enjoyed putting myself in other people's shoes, living their lives for a little bit, maybe even learning their lessons. It didn't matter which era I was learning about, every one of them boiled down to people. People and their stories, people and their experiences. And there was always something to learn. When Jan bought the Panama Hotel, she took on responsibility for preserving its history and its legacy. It is tangled up in a very tangible way with a part of American history that many would prefer to forget the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. But the hard parts of history, the tragedies and the mistakes, are the most important for us to hold on to. If we don't, are we doomed to repeat them? Enjoy listening to Jan, and I'll meet you on the other side. Here's narrator Gina Tani. This is Panama Hotel in Seattle, Washington. The brick building was built in 1910. The structure has been kept intact. It's as if one slips into the past. And I will turn on a light here. The basement floor has been kept at its original state. It comes with a tiled Japanese style bathhouse, one of the few in North America. People's luggage have also been left there. The place reminds us of a negative legacy for Japanese Americans. They were falsely accused of crimes never committed and were sent to internment camps. They were told to leave their belongings behind, so many left their luggage at Panama Hotel. The building continues to run its operations. Now we'll go up to the hotel. The passionate owner is Jan Johnson. She has kept the place going alone for nearly four decades. From 1910. Boy, those things are pretty special. And、uh, to keep it original is the most meaningful part because you can feel that. The silent voice of Panama Hotel. The frozen moment in time doesn't need an explanation, one can feel history. This is Seattle, Washington, in the Pacific Northwest. The International District used to be called Japantown. Many Asians from various countries have settled here. Panama Hotel is a five story building with 102 rooms. It's the only hotel built prior to World War II that's left in the area. 
the National Trust for Historic Preservation designated the building as a national treasure in 2015. Johnson loves the building. She is involved in various aspects in running the operations. This, you can see the reflection of the, the leather on the floor. The hall floor is made of leather and has looked this way for over 100 years. This is another beam, original. She repaired the beam and refrigeration room herself to preserve the original look. And this was the cooler. Johnson gives historic tours of the hotel, even if visitors are not staying there. It has become her passion. And this was 1964. Yeah. So she signed, she was crying when she did this. The building is all built with reflection of light, natural daylight. I'm still in 1910 power. It's a building for the future. You never even thought that. Panama Hotel has also been a meeting place for local Japanese Americans to share their past. So anyhow, there were 52 hotels run by Japanese. You know, to experience the, the, uh, the history, it's a lot easier than to have a book with no pictures. I mean, you, you feel it all. Johnson was born outside of Seattle and initially didn't know about the hotel. She understood the importance of historical buildings when she was studying abroad in Italy. So I just started walking through Rome, and it was so incredible. Of course, being around all these architects and everything, and the stories, and Piazza Navona. And it was just amazing, all of it to me. And I kept, all of my time was spent looking and looking and experiencing this feeling of, of the history here. I couldn't, I couldn't do it in a school book. I wasn't interested, but to, the visuals and to be there and uh, to feel it and to just use your imagination. I knew nothing about World War II. We didn't talk about it here in school. And I, uh, and I just couldn't believe how they kept all this history and everybody knew about it. And it just kept going on and on. And the younger generations, they appreciated it. Johnson's life changed when she returned from Rome. She happened to stay right next to the Panama Hotel. She was drawn to the brick architecture and befriended former Japanese-American owner, Takashi Hori. And then Mr. Hori would show me around the hotel or talk about the building, and I was amazed how this building it was so truthful, and, and it told its own story. Johnson heard that Hori was trying to sell the hotel for the past 10 years. She wanted to find a way to buy the building. I had no clue, so I had no credit. So then he had me come in and work in the building with him and Mrs. Hori, months and months. I would work with him, I would work with her, and I'd work with him, and I'd work with her <laughs> if I wanted it. So I had no credit, I was single. So I didn't have anybody backing me. I was unemployed. He finally said yes. He would sell it to me after all, you know, seeing me through the building all the time. So then I started going to the bank. It wasn't me 
It was based on the seller. Thank you, Mr. Horry. Johnson was able to get a loan from the bank with the support of Horry. So then I came in and they stayed with me for the first month. And when Mr. Horry slept, she was working. When she slept, he was working. So I was working both shifts. <laughs> I got used to that. All my friends thought I was absolutely crazy. Anyway, the, um, I remember Mrs. Horry. I sat next to her. She, they would never sell to a white person or something. And then she said, but you're more Japanese than I am. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I didn't know what that meant. When Johnson purchased the hotel, she wasn't just interested in the building. She was fascinated that it came with pre-war belongings of Japanese Americans. It was filled with items of hopes and dreams. When I first saw him and I knew about it and I thought that's an incredible history right there. This building has a big message because it's uh, original. How, how did it happen? And I think it's very sacred because it's significant. It speaks for itself. And, and you feel it, like I do now. <laughs> you, can't, you can't read it in a book. You can't tell people about it. And it's real. And I thought it was so powerful. Plans to start a museum inside Panama Hotel got underway. Johnson was asked if the luggage that was left could be transferred to a national museum prior to the hotel being designated as a national treasure. She refused the offer. So it dawned on me the museum is already here. The whole building is a museum. Panama talks. It tells you where you're at and who it is. And it's all real. And uh, it's a language that you feel. But I thought people could come and stay in the hotel and have that experience and then have the museum right here to know, to experience everything about this. There is another reason why Johnson takes care of the Panama Hotel in addition to its historical value. It represents a shameful legacy of America's past where citizens who had Japanese ancestry were sent to internment camps. Oh, my goodness. Did you Tomio is an 85-year-old American citizen. In 1942, he was sent to an internment camp under a presidential order. Back then, he was only five years old. A lot of the hotels have been broken down. In the Nipponkan, you know, which was purchased by a couple of my friends, when they passed away, the heirs just didn't care about the history, so that's a bad uh, situation. But you know, that was surprising. <laughs> because once those are dis you know, destroyed, it's very difficult to come back, yeah. So we appreciate what Jan has done. There are approximately 120,000 Japanese Americans like Tomio who were sent to internment camps. Items left in the basement of the hotel were things people wanted to keep before being sent to the facilities. I learned a lot from the things in the basement. I mean, this is our history. It's people's history. 
one of the things was a letter that somebody was writing. I think they were writing it to their father. And the penmanship was perfect. And they said that they had everything was all boxed up and ready to go. This was to camp. But uh, they hadn't closed them yet. And they were, and then it just stopped. And uh, that person was found. The National Trust found that person. He wrote back. And he said how grateful he was. Oh, this was emotional too. He said he was very grateful for whoever saved this because now he had closure. And he was probably in his 80s. He said the trunks that his mother had written their name and the letter, he said, was his brother writing to his father. So now at his age, when he's ready to die, he had finally had closure because what was in this hotel... I mean, I feel it, that when the executive order was signed, and, but they didn't know what it was. The kids didn't know what it was. They thought camp. That was like summer camp. And uh, they just had no idea what was happening. And then they could only take with them certain items. And, um, the, um, and they had these tags that they wore. And then you get to the internment and that's what's hard to understand how it could happen to anybody so this is part of why I do it because I I want to understand I want to know and see if it can be changed that we don't do this anymore Recently, a demonstration outside of the Panama Hotel threatened the existence of the building. Stores nearby were vandalized when an anti-racial demonstration escalated in June of 2020. When the protests started, they were breaking windows and disturbing businesses and things. I thought, oh my gosh. And so I was up all night trying to protect my building, or the building, we're boarding it up, and then I thought, wow, this is an opportunity to put out there about history, about how uh, generations ago there was such racial di- discrimination, and now here we go again. And people forget history. So I took that opportunity to put it out there. Johnson wrote the history of Japanese-American internment camps on a red board. She says racism that happened in the past still exists today. Fortunately, the hotel was left untouched. When it was boarded up and the, and the youth were coming by and taking pictures and reading it and asking questions, it made me feel good because now I thought that they were learning something that they didn't know about discrimination or what had happened in the past. We only feel it if we know that there was a past. Some people today, I think, don't, are just living now. And so they don't have a lot of feeling. And I think this is where violence comes in, because there's not a lot of feeling. And, and violence is a feeling. The passionate owner who took over the Panama Hotel from a Japanese-American, Jan Johnson, left us with these words. How's that? 
I think saving history saves the future. Saving the panel and people will learn from, from what we need in the future. I understood that and it needed to be saved. And I've just jumped right over all the more stuff that people invented. And now it's going into the future. I, I will feel like I've done something. The power of an object or a place to transport us through time and connect us to individual people in the past can have a huge impact on the choices we make in the present. The story Jan tells about the letter, for example, is a stark reminder to appreciate all that we have and all the people we love right now. Reflecting on the past can be so important and the preservation of spaces and places that make it real to us is one way to ensure we don't forget the lessons it holds. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript as well as our other stories on the NHK World website. I'm Chloe Potter. Join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes.